So, are you DTFF? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Wow. Talk about the roughest start we've had in well, quite some time drunk, here. Drunk, drunk. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know how to push buttons tonight and get our show starting that we've been doing for, you know, almost three years at this point. But there's hey, a lot of buttons, man. there's a lot of buttons. And, you know, it's Tuesday. Hello, everyone. Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football is back for your earballs. Thank you for joining us as always. We appreciate it. We have another amazing show because every show of ours is amazing. Uh, tonight back. we are talking 22 rookies. We're going to take a look back here on the eve of the combine for the 23 class starting. We're going to take a little look-see back here and see what we think about these rookies last year and kind of look forward to what we kind of project for next year. and and all that sorts of good stuff. So figured this would be a great time to really go back and, and take that little bit of a review here. So before we get into it, Jake, how are you doing this evening, sir? Man, I'm doing dumb. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, we discussed before the show my tum-tums feeling a little bum-bum. But other than that, uh, I'm fantastic. I don't know if it's a delayed reaction to my wonderful uh, resort visit or what. Mr. Scampers. Yeah. Button Good evening, boy? Button Boys. Is that what they're going to call us? Are we the Button Boys? We're now the Button Boys? Boy, Ooh. you really got to emphasize that first word, don't you? You really yeah. got to. Oh, yeah. You got to enunciate. Yeah. Button Boys. I, I think we could pull that off. Yeah. And good evening to you, Scampers. Thanks for joining us. I like that there's a, a, a peace sign emoji, a heart, and I thought it was a sandwich. Uh, oh, it's, it's clicking it's beers. Clinking beers. I on. thought that initially was a sandwich. Yeah, and it would have been. I fine mean, both are fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, how are you, Dustin? Uh, not too bad. A couple of long days at work here, as I was just telling you about, but could be worse. I'm here. I'm talking fantasy football. It, you know, what's not to enjoy about the evening? That's not too bad. You're like two thirds of the way to uh, to heaven, I think, at that point. Yes. All you need now is probably the sandwich, I guess. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Man, this is weird. We don't have any beer bet payoffs I to, know. Uh, to deal with up at the top of the show. It kind of makes me sad a little bit. Kind of makes me feel like we need to get back in the swing of doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, although, I'll be honest, I, I, I do enjoy not having to pay one off because it felt like a stretch where that's the only thing that was happening with that. So we'll uh, we'll get well, to that. Well, that's because you're not good at making that. But um, <laughs> next week we will that a little preview. Next week we are going to talk and review our beer bets that we have to pay out yet. Um, mm -hmm. So we will start paying those off probably next week. Most likely just one, because um, you don't want to do too many in an evening. Um, it's it just unless we were doing like a Friday night show. True. And and we just pay them all off and then deal with the consequences on Saturday. But we don't. We we tape here in the middle of the week. So like suckers. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go to work hungover. Sorry. Fine. What kind of dedication do you have to this show anyways, Dustin? 
Not very much, apparently. Okay. More than I do, I think, tonight. I, I will hop right into what I'm drinking. I'm not really drinking a, an adult beverage tonight. Like I said, the upset tum-tum, it's, it's not bound to happen with the meds that I have. So uh, I am drinking a refreshing non-alcoholic ginger beer, though. thought I had I to have know. a beer in, in spirit with yeah. you. And I you actually thought it was like a Smirnoff ice because I couldn't see the label. And all I saw was like that, that kind of lemony kind of color yeah. to it. And I was like, that cloudy. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's drinking Smirnoff ice. I'm like, that's a bold move. <laughs> <laughs> I would never voluntarily do that. Uh, never. How are you and what are you drinking, Dustin? I'm drinking a beer we've had on the show before. Uh, this is the Veneration the Belgian style quad ale with figs and molasses aged in rye whiskey barrels. Is it better the second time? What do you it's think? very good. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's still good. Still very good. It's a little thick. A little cloying, you know, a little, a little too sweet. Mm. Um, but I do enjoy it. It is a very good beer. Uh, it was the last one out of the four pack that I had bought. So I figured, yeah, let's empty the fridge. It's so hard to mm. say goodbye to this last beer. <laughs> Maybe not. Or you could just go get another four pack. That's the thing exactly. that you could always do. Mr. Scampers loves my fever tree ginger beer. One of his favorites. So, yeah. Yeah, one of mine too now. Typically, I mix it with a little bit of bourbon or something, but this works just fine on its own. Now, Dustin, at the start of the show, you were so excited about this next segment that you wanted to get into it before literally anything else. If you want I know. to it now. Sure. Let's hit up our favorite segment, the drunk trade. Drunk, 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 drunk. Drunk Trade of the Week. Dustin, this week's Drunk Trade comes to us from Twitter. Thanks, Twitter. And from at jstern3. Thanks, at jstern3. A repeat trade submitter, by the way, should be noted. This most recent one here, pretty interesting. And I think that this is a, a perfectly timed trade, if I may, because... Uh, this guy's going to be a hot topic, I think, coming up pretty much all off season. But Jay Sturd, this is a Dynasty Superflex PPR league. This was just this past weekend, and it was after a few bourbons followed by a few beers. What is it that they say? Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. So that holds up here. Is that right? I think I think I think that's right. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Beer before liquor, never been sicker. I'm right. Don't even need your response, Dustin. <laughs> this one's great. Uh, but in any case, this Dynasty Superflex format, they got Trey Lance. Again, hot name throughout this offseason. Every offseason, it feels like now. And in exchange, I gave up a 2023-110, a 2023-211, and a 2024 second round pick. So with all that said, and that second round pick appears to be their own. So projects right now to be a late round pick as mm -hmm. with the rest of these. So what do you think about this one, Dustin? Do you think that that's a steal or are you cautious on this regard? Personally, I like the pick side. I don't have a high confidence in Trey Lance at all. Um, so I think a first and two seconds i would take that i just i just don't believe in him he hasn't played football now in like three years basically 
and I know I know the argument can be made that well, look, they had Brock Purdy, they had Jimmy Garoppolo, they had all these, you know, don't say just, studs. <laughs> no, that was the last word I was going to use. Although, I mean, Jimmy G is pretty studly looking. Let's be honest, well, but obviously, um, obviously, but no, I. I just I don't know. It's been three years. I know they got a lot of weapons there on that offense. I just. I just don't trust it, so I and I was never a huge Trey Lance guy to begin with, so I know in a super flex league, you know, it's hard to give up a quarterback without getting one back. You know, it's typically the rule of thumb, but in this instance. I would. I would take this trade, so I don't hate it at all uh, for the pick side. I mean, and to get Trey Lance, I think that's what you have to give up. I mean, he's still projected to be a starting quarterback in the league and a very highly drafted one at that, so he's going to get his shot. So, I mean, I think that's the price you have to give up, too. So I don't hate it for either way, but personally, I would take the picks. I think that's understandable now reflecting on our initial divergence on Trey Lance because I was always more of the Trey Lance stan here on this podcast I've been trying to wish him into fantasy relevance since he came into the league uh and have just assumed that at some point by now he would have taken over he'd be amazing we'd be talking about him as a top eight fantasy quarterback obviously that hasn't happened and it came out just recently uh this was after this trade went through that San Fran is looking for a veteran quarterback to potentially bring on board in some capacity. Very vague about what that means. A veteran yeah, quarterback like, could be like a Case Keenum type for all we know. So I feel like that's just to have break. I feel like that's just more of a depth move than anything else. More of an insurance backup. Uh because Jimmy G is not going to be there. So it's like have someone I know Brock Purdy looked well, but you still need to have some depth behind him at this point. And he's got an injury he, to deal with. Yeah. So I, I, it's just it's just to bolster the roster a little bit. I wouldn't read too much into it at this point. I personally, for Dynasty value, hope they do bring on a veteran quarterback that scares people into dropping his value mm-hmm. a little bit more, because at this point, that shouldn't matter. It really right. should. If you believe mm-hmm. in Trey Lance is going to be a, a starter, which is why you trade for him then somebody like that coming in, some random veteran quarterback coming in, should not scare you away from him and should just embolden you mm-hmm. to go out and get him at hopefully a discount. With this yep. trade, I, I mean, I like it. It's the 110. It's not a, a, an early first-round pick. Mm-hmm. I do feel like this is the going rate. It just seems like that dude has got to get the start somewhere, somehow. And mm-hmm. once he does, as a mobile quarterback, it's like borderline you know, top 12 at worst, it feels like to me, but I'm a homer. Not yeah, a homer I don't stand. know. I mean, they've got Christian McCaffrey, Debo. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a really good running back, elite, some might say. What? So, I mean, where have we seen these mobile quarterbacks with an elite running back on their team to kind of help shoulder that load of having to run the ball? Plus, you have Debo that is very good out of the backfield as well. They run a lot of jet sweeps, things like that. So while, yes, Trey Lance does have that rushing upside, I don't know. I mean, with with just how this team is constructed, is he going to be required to use those legs? Required? No. Will he do it? Maybe. Possibly. By the way, just learning now that Dustin doesn't think 
Miles Sanders and David Montgomery are elite running backs. So big, big time uh, statement there. Okay, they're elite compared to myself. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the barometer we should use in judging all fantasy assets. Well, then everyone is elite compared to me, so... Then this trade is fantastic for all parties involved. Not a loser in the bunch. That's what I say. There you go. All (laughs) right. Well, should we talk some rookies here, Jake? Betcha. Get into it. it. All right. So I'm just going to go through first round here real quick. Um, And I pulled this from Fantasy Pros, and they pulled their information from, I want to say, MFL and PFF. I want to say, if I, um, apologies if I get that wrong, but they, they pulled from a couple different sources to get, you know, an aggregate ADP. So first round, we had Brees Hall, Drake Lennon, Kenneth Walker III, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, George Pickens, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, James Cook, and Jahan Dotson. So this was our first round last year. Uh, Jake, Let's start off with this. Is there anyone outside of the first round here that you think, looking back now, should have been a first round pick? Outside or, of that 12 that we yeah. just mentioned. So, like, if we're going to do sort of a, a do-over with yes. this, a recalculation, a reconfiguration of ADP, mm-hmm. who should get up there into the top? I think that there's a couple of names that you could argue To be up there, but I don't think that there's anybody who dominates enough to be like, oh yeah, they're obviously shoe-ins there. Mm -hmm. Right on the fringe, we just missed a cutoff for Damian Pierce, who was the the start of the second round. I mean, you could look at his production this year and go, all right, yeah, he did fantastic in Houston, at least for the first half of the season. Ended up RB21 overall, so that's fantastic for a rookie at any, you know, position. To uh, to be that useful, that's nice. But would I move him above anybody here? Yeah, possibly. Like Sky Moore, you can get the hell out. And <laughs> I will put Damian mm-hmm. Pierce into that mix. That is uh, probably the one player of the first round that I'm like, yeah, one of these doesn't belong. And it's definitely yes. Sky Moore. <laughs> yes, 1,000% Sky Moore. Because anybody else who even underperformed a little bit, you know, we can talk about Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams underperforming i mean a lot of that was injury related in both mm-hmm. instances definitely with jameson williams obviously didn't come back until well into the season but yeah sky Moore, man i don't i was so bummed i was excited for him ah, that excitement's all gone i don't know but is there anybody besides damian pierce that you look at as like yeah they could maybe sneak up into that first round if we reconfigured the adp yeah, I think maybe Rashad White. I mean, he came on at the end of the season last year, so maybe he could sneak in there. You know, I really like, um, you know, Brian Robinson. He flashed at times, although we don't know what the hell is going on with that Washington offense. True. But, I, I mean, I do like his talent. Um, uh, yeah, Scampers here. I agree with both of these. Algier. Possibly he looked very strong this season. And then also with uh, Pacheco, uh, he looked really good too, especially at the end of the season here when he actually started getting usage, uh, which we had all saw in the preseason that he flashed and for whatever reason just didn't 
make it on the field until late. So, yeah, those are some players. I mean, are they all slam dunk first round picks? No, but I think there's a case to be made for that kind of handful of players. I mean, the one that I should have brought up and I didn't, Sam Romeo Howell. Dobbs? Oh. No, Sam Howell. <laughs> I mean, he was the QB8 in points per game. Dustin, did you know that? Sam I Howell, did not. QB8. Yeah, haters will say it was only one game. Well, okay, fine. But that one game, he was quarterback number it eight. incredible. Fancy. Man, he was better than Kenny Pickett. Get out of here. Uh, I do actually want to call attention to the fact that, yeah, it's still a, a relative bust for fantasy for quarterbacks, but I think we all had those expectations. That's why none of those guys were close to mm-hmm. uh, that top bit in non-superflex. In superflex, yeah, people did take Pickett in the first round at the end of it. A lot I would say it's more towards the end of much. the first. Yeah, I don't know if anybody was daring enough to take him even mid, mid-first mid round. Maybe mm-hmm. he did. And I think that's okay because he could still turn into a a useful fantasy asset. But it definitely is more about the wide receivers than anybody Mm -hmm. in this class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think overall, I think, you know, the fantasy community got these picks right. I mean, you, you could make a case, you know, Brees Hall still the kind of consensus 101 for sure. And then... I mean, you could kind of flip these kind of top, these next five on here with Drake London, Kenneth Walker, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. I mean, they all look spectacular. Uh, aside from Traylon Burks, I'm sorry. But, you know, all those other players, they've definitely flashed. I mean, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave looked outstanding this last season. So I think you could make a case that they might bump up into that 102, 103 range. Um, but I think I think the fantasy community community did a fairly good job in getting the players right this year as far as the first-round picks go. Look, I don't get a lot of things right. In, I think it overall in fantasy, especially when it comes to rookies. But the one thing I'm going to pat myself on the back for, and it's really just for listening to smarter people, was Chris Olave. I called Chris Olave my top rookie-wide receiver for this year. He looked fantastic starting off, especially mm-hmm. when he had a really exciting quarterback and Jamison Winston for the first three games. And then the Andy Dalton experience diluted it for him a little bit, but he still ended up. He's still balled out pretty well on a pretty shabby offense. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still wrapped up at wide receiver 27. It's not as high as I would have liked to have seen him finish certainly, but maybe it suppresses his value a little bit going forward as well for people who didn't see the exciting stats there. And so he might, end up being a pretty good trade target in that respect as well. Well, and the fact that he, I mean, he was the highest wide receiver out of this class, finishing at wide receiver 27. I mean, Garrett Wilson was right behind him at 31, Christian Watson 33. I mean, so, I mean, he was the top wide receiver stats-wise points per game in this class. So, I mean, I think that speaks volumes to what he was able to do on a less-than-stellar offense. So, I mean, I am, yeah, if you can get him at a bit of a discount because people aren't convinced in this offense, I think now would be the time to go try to grab him before New Orleans, say, makes a splash. If they try to make a splash and get an upgrade at quarterback, say, whether it's Derek Carr or, 
you know, Aaron Rodgers gets traded or Jimmy G or, you know, one of these other quarterbacks, do it now before that value increases. Because once a, a better competent quarterback goes in there, the price is going to double. <laughs> really? I yeah, mean, it's gonna, I think it's going to be is, real hard to get him. Yeah, I think it's the last time to get him for a single first round pick um, mm-hmm. before that happens. Because once that happens, I do think he's going to just explode. So go go mm-hmm. send out some feelers. See if somebody will, especially... I don't know. Rookie fever is probably about hitting for fantasy drafts already. Like mm-hmm. we're we're now at the stage. What are we four weeks without actual fantasy season long? You know, five six weeks. I don't know. People are gonna get crazy for those rookie picks. So now might be a time to make that move. And I'm doing it. How yeah, do you and- feel about? I'm curious here. Just with talking about Chris Olave, talking about Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson also suffered from the quarterback issues. When he had a good quarterback, he was phenomenal. Uh, and then he didn't have a good quarterback. Good quarterback. Don't say another bad word about Joe Flacco. Don't you dare do it. Not to my face. Not to our listeners' ears. <laughs> but when he had a competent quarterback, okay. let's say, even Mike White, whoever, like when he had somebody competent, let's just say yes. anybody who wasn't Zach Wilson. When Zach Wilson wasn't there, he was phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. ergo, there's no way that they ride into 2023 with Zach Wilson as their no. starting quarterback. It just Hell cannot no. happen at this point. So, even if Mike White was able to sustain Garrett Wilson's fantasy value, that basically means anybody can sustain Garrett Wilson's fantasy value. So, again, before they make a move for quarterback or show what that move is, it's not going to be a discount per se, or it's not going to maybe feel like it. But before that quarterback move happens, I think he's going to be a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. And then just kind of piggybacking off of how great Garrett Wilson is and how good he looked with really poor quarterback play for most of the year. How do you feel about Elijah Moore? Now, he was the stud last year. We all had high hopes. Obviously, Garrett Wilson is the alpha in that wide receiver room because he just took over all the targets and, you know, everything this season. So how are you feeling about Elijah Moore? Is he someone that you're still in on and think he can have a bit of a rebound year this year? Barring, you know, Zach Wilson still being the quarterback there and, you know, having Nathaniel Hackett as their OC. Or do you think you're just like, eh, it's Garrett Wilson's show and, you know, it was fun while it lasted for one year. First of all, if Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback for 2023, we all have to boycott fantasy football. Every one of us. I'm sorry. I don't make all of the rules, but that has to happen. We all just have to put our chips down until that resolves itself. That that can't stand. But assuming that the real and rational thing happens where anybody else takes over, I think Elijah Moore is doomed to be a, a trade. I, do, I mm-hmm. think on draft day, on the NFL's actual draft day, we could see Elijah Moore get moved. It wouldn't shock me in the in the slightest, but I do think there's a good number of landing spots that he would be great in. So mm-hmm. I'd still be interested in him from that perspective. If he sticks around with the Jets, yeah, I'm not going to be thrilled about that because I do think it's the Garrett Wilson show. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I didn't uh, think about that because he was, didn't at one point in the season this last year that um, Moore was demanding a trade or word came out that he wanted to trade off the team. So I could see that happening. I mean, he's still young. 
we saw uber good production. So I think a team would be definitely interested in him uh, on draft. Hey, Packers. I like that. Huh? Huh? Go get yourself another wide receiver. Team. What do you mean? We've got two young studs. Three, if you count Samare Toure. That's right. We don't need anybody. <laughs> Speaking of, we should talk about the stud for Green Bay, though. Christian Watson actually came on like a flash at mm-hmm. uh, the midpoint in the season, which, look, we can try to distance ourselves from the homerism of it all, but I was just so excited that there was somebody there making legitimate plays, and I it know. wasn't just like, oh, check down nine yards uh, to Alan Lazard and just shy of the sticks. You know, like it was somebody actually making exciting plays Mm -hmm. like a real wide receiver might uh and i think a lot of people got christian watson wrong coming into the season they looked right for about the first six to seven games and then he turned it on well a lot of that was due to injury yeah oh absolutely yeah he was injured confidence shook uh, from the first catch i was gonna say the first drop and then rogers you know wouldn't throw to him for the next three games so that that happened so elephant in the uh, in the dark room. If Aaron Rodgers does get traded and Jordan Love starts, then mm-hmm. Jordan Love with Christian Watson. I mean, Christian Watson was already deceptively high as a fantasy finish because of all the touchdowns. Yes. So if Jordan Love comes into the mix, and I mean they'll add somebody to the wide receiving room if Lazard leaves, which it looks like he will, they'll add mm-hmm. somebody. But are you still really in on Christian Watson for Dynasty? For Dynasty, yes. Um, I think that he's going to have another year in the system, more time to develop. He's a very raw prospect coming in last year. Uh, played at North Dakota State, you know, D2 school or whatever that D2 name is now, I forget. Um, Mighty Ducks? Mighty Ducks 2? Yeah. The Mightiest of Ducks? Yeah. I think that's what that is. Screw Iceland. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he was a, he was a D2, quote unquote, yeah, school. Yeah, so, so a, a non-Power non 5 school. Right. Uh, so he was very rough coming in, very raw. And, um, you know, so it was good to see him come along. Hi, Faith. The answer is no. Drinking a ginger beer in the chat uh it's not a seagram's cooler seagram's cooler uh god damn it i I gotta stop drinking these clear things i should have put a koozie around it dustin what was i thinking (laughs) sorry back to christian watson yeah he was very raw coming in so i think another year in the system whether rogers is there i mean obviously having rogers there is is a bigger boon than jordan love i think we can say at this point only because we haven't seen jordan love play a lot but I don't think all this fantasy value is gone if Rodgers goes either. Like, we saw good talent. Cream rises to the top. He's still going to get the majority of the targets on this team, unless the Packers, for some reason, trade for a alpha wide receiver, which is not their MO, so we know that's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I think for Dynasty, yes, Christian Watson is still a value, will still a buy. Um, I think you could depending on what happens with the Rodgers situation here in the next few weeks, if Rodgers gets traded or decides to retire and, you know, do ayahuasca for the rest of his days, I think you could probably get Watson at a discount because there is going to be that question mark about Jordan Love. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that that's the time to pounce. I think waiting is the right move right mm-hmm. now. And like, if Rodgers does come back for another year, I understand you're not going to be able to trade for him at uh, at a discount, mm-hmm. and I'd still be fine with that. Yeah, I will say, though, for a redraft for next year, depending on how ADP is kind of shaking out here over the summer and as we get closer to uh, draft season, I I probably won't be in on him just because there will be so much hype, and I just don't know if I trust the situation enough to draft him where the ADP will be. Yeah, I could see him being one of those very exciting risers uh, for ADP mm-hmm. come the start of the 2023 year. And, and if that's the case, it's very hard to rely on a guy whose majority uh, of his fantasy points came from touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's true for almost anybody. Remember James Conner last year? James Conner had like 55% of his fantasy points come from touchdowns. He is the exception. That proves the rule because this year he came back and did still amazing things. He was still, I believe, a top 10 guy in points per game or very close to it for running back. But that's the exception that proves the rule. And wide receiver, Mm -hmm. that's a much more difficult game to play. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, you know, touchdown projections. Yeah. And I just want to say, I thought you were going to say he had 55 touchdowns a season ago. And I was like, "Ah, I think you're off a little bit. I mean, I know he had a lot, but I don't think he had 55. (laughs) Uh, That'd be some sort of record, but. Um, but yeah, know. I think we're in agreement there with uh, Christian Watson. So let's look at it this way. We've been fairly positive up mm-hmm. until now. So let's be in the negative. Let's play in the negative end of the pool. Who out of this group here are you just out of? I mean, the low, low guys down here. We don't have to talk about, you know, the uh, the Danny Grays and the what? Uh, Kyle Phillips of the world. I think. We might be out on them. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but we might be out on them. But these other guys, either top tier or towards the middle tier, you know, there are kind of interesting guys like Greg Dulcich, Jelani Woods, Romeo Dobbs, as we talked about, that people are kind of cautiously in on. But are there guys that you're just plain out on? I I think at cost right now, Sky Moore I'm out on. Uh I know the report just came out today that they want to get Tony and in Sky Moore more involved with the offense, or they will be next year. But it's like, of I you know I've heard that story before. I'm going to assume Juju probably resigns with them since he had a, a very underrated season this year with Casey. Uh, and if that's the case, I just don't see with Kelsey still being there how Sky Moore is going to get super involved. So he's someone that I'm out on at cost. I mean, if I can get him at a value or get him as maybe a throw in piece on a trade, but I think people are still going to be waiting and still really high on him after the draft draft capital they had to invest last year. You know, as we said, going at the end of the first round here. So it's like, that's, that's one player for sure. He's Miko Hardman with more draft capital. And Mm -hmm. so people are going to get caught in that carousel. Year over year, he's like, what could be? He plays with Pat Mahomes on the Chiefs, one of the most exciting offenses. He's such he's such a good player. And that could just never happen. And I think that that's very possible that it never happens with Sky Moore. So I'm with mm-hmm. you on that one. I am also yeah, not so optimistic about James Cook. Speaking about offseason, early offseason BS coming out and guys are going to get more opportunities. Coach comes out, says, James Cook, excited to get him more opportunities next year. Yeah, what does that look like? How does that happen? 
who does he have to shove out of the way? Is Devin Singletary for sure gone? I don't know. It's called is Josh Allen. Josh Allen going <laughs> to stop running the ball all of a sudden? At least enough to make him really valuable? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think so. I think he's doomed to some sort of split forever that's not like a dominant split. Now, I know workhorses are not really a thing anymore, but like even a 60% split feels way too high for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not doing it with James Cook. What do, you, what do you think about that guy? Yeah, I am in total agreement with you, Jake. I'm Again, he's, he's someone that's going to be... People are going to want more for him than he's probably worth for me. I'm not willing to pay the price because they like they see him as probably the guy that's going to end up with the backfield this offseason, assuming that Buffalo doesn't draft someone in, in the draft this year. And it's like, I just, I don't know. I don't believe. I mean, yeah, he flashed at times, but Buffalo has never been the team to have the, the running back. That's called Josh Allen. He's the guy that will carry the bulk of the, the load and get those goal line touches, which is really what's most important. Yeah, I think his value should be very close or closer, at least, to guys like Tyler Algier and Isaiah Pacheco. Like, he should be in that realm, but I don't know if everybody's perceiving him that way. I I don't know what you'd need to send to get him as opposed to those two guys, but it feels like it's going to be a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I would rather just take one of those other two. Same risks are involved there. A little bit less draft capital to be assured of, but I think I'd just rather take Pacheco at this point, straight up over Cooks, although Absolutely. you don't have to you don't have to pay as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Scampers here in the chat um, says Mechie and Wandale are unique situational risks I'm interested in. How do you feel about those two, Jake? John Mechie's a really, really interesting situation. I mean, such a, uh, a crazy bummer to start. Uh, mm-hmm. Right before he got to play, he ended up uh, going in, and I believe it was for leukemia is that right i believe that's what he was diagnosed with um i don't remember what type of it it was uh, but it was the most curable form of leukemia i remember them talking about Mm -hmm. and it seemed like he was coming back uh soon ish i guess i don't know what the real timeline is there but it does seem like he really wants to, to make his way back i don't think there's really any risk into him right now because his value has to be so incredibly depressed uh, not just because of that, but because he plays for the Texans. Uh, nobody really wants anybody on the Texans right now. Uh, Brandon Cooks doesn't want to be on the, the Texans right now, which means he probably won't be come the start of the season. I don't know what they do with that roster, but if there's a guy with immense talent that can just earn a bunch of targets, don't even have to be that productive with them. That seems like a team that he could do that for, and you're paying almost nothing. So mm-hmm. I, I don't mind Mechie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just did a quick Google and there was a quote from the GM that says he could be available for the offseason program and like full full participation ready to go. So yeah, if that's the case, um, now would be the time to pounce to try to get him because I'm sure you can get him uh, pretty cheap since he's not really on people's radar right now and kind of forgotten. Again, maybe when you're pulling off a different trade as kind of that throw in piece, like, okay, throw in Mechie and I'll, I'll accept this trade type deal. And you'll probably right. get it done, and you'll get a guy that you want, which yeah, and has a lot of upside. A lot of upside in, sha- in shallow dynasty leagues. He might be out on there uh, on waivers, mm-hmm. and I would go check. And if you have an open waiver system, which I hope you do in dynasty, 
should never close down waivers, then never. you should go grab him now. Wandale, I'm a little bit split on here. I think most people are split on Wandale. Yeah, he's a super talented guy. I don't know that that he is ever destined to have enough of a target share that makes me feel comfortable with him. Like, it's Kadarius Tony, but on a worse offense, potentially. Although, maybe there's a less crowded room for him. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Do Do you err on the side of potential volume? Or what do you think? Yeah, he's kind of in the same camp as me with Mechie, although he did play last year and did flash at times. So people sure, might yeah. be a little bit more familiar with him. I mean, word on the street is Galladay's out the door uh, come the start of the league new year. So not that that was a major roadblock for Robinson. <laughs> I don't think he was ever standing in his way, really. But it's nice to be able to clear him off the depth chart mm-hmm. for real. Yeah, so I I like him. I think it's intriguing as well. I wouldn't overpay for him by any means. Um, If I feel like, you know, getting fair value, sure, I'd take a shot on it because he was just a rookie last year, so give him some some time. But, um, yeah, I think I think both those players are good. Good risk. Risky players to kind of take a chance on. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely be rewarding for you. Wandale is expected to be ready by week one, by the way, mm-hmm. just coming off that ACL injury. So that's good. Both these guys could be suiting up and that would be very exciting for me. Uh, but all right. I think we need to talk about actual, we hinted at trades earlier, but mm-hmm. guys, we want to trade away trade for, there's a couple of names on here that I'm dying to talk about from a trade value perspective. Ooh, so I want, I want to know what you think here. Uh, I'm I'm crazy, but tight ends are bad. <laughs> right now. They're bad. They're so bad. People have been talking about this upcoming rookie class. It's like, oh, good. There'll be an influx of tight end talent. Finally, which yeah. everybody always says. It's all the time. There's always these talented tight ends coming into the league. Remember OJ Howard when he was going to break fantasy football? Mm-hmm. David Njoku wasn't going to be far behind. It's like, this happens finally, all the time. He finally flashed. Fi- fi- finally flashed. <laughs> that classic year five jump. of the Yeah, the breakout. Uh, but I do think that there's a couple of names from this past class that are very mm, interesting, I guess, or worth keeping an eye on. Trey mm-hmm. McBride, first and foremost. Uh, he was drafted basically to supplant... Um, who the hell got Zacherts? Zacherts, thank you. Supplant Zacherts when he inevitably wore down, which happened, I think, earlier than people wanted. Certainly earlier than I wanted to. It's high on him. But Trey McBride stepped in, and I thought he looked decent. It, he didn't pop from fantasy, but I thought he looked decent. Do you have any interest in him? Not necessarily for this upcoming season, because I think Arizona is just going to be a, a train wreck this season. But in general, is he somebody that you're looking to trade for in stash? Yes, although I don't know if now is the time to do that. Uh, only because I, I, I want to hear for sure that Ertz is coming back and is going to be healthy at the start of the season, uh, which will depress uh, his value, uh, Trey McBride's value. Um, I don't know that I agree with you about 
this team being a total train wreck for this upcoming season. It really depends. I don't, did they announce who their offensive coordinator is going to be? I don't know that I heard that. Um, the new coach. I know he's a defensive been... coach. So, I mean, it's really going to depend on who this offensive coordinator is. Um, and when Kyler comes back. Yes, that's a huge question. And I don't know what the answer is to that. But I'm not also that thrilled about the connection of Kyler with that that head coach personally. <laughs> He's already that head coach has already like started deflecting questions, like any questions he gets about uh, the Super Bowl, like the day after. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm fucking done answering these questions, kind of thing. It's like, well, that's some neat accountability that you can uh, share with your quarterback, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but the whole thing, and DeAndre Hopkins should be moved. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I guess. Maybe. Everything probably does come down to the Kyler injury. You're right there. But I'm just not super into it. But I do think Trey McBride could come in. Like, he wasn't meant to be the week one starter as a rookie. So I still have a lot of hope for him. But mm-hmm. another tight end that I have a ton of hope for, and I, I don't know, maybe it's just me wanting, again, somebody to draft and start. Uh, in the tight end spot, that's not Travis Kelsey, but Greg Dulcich. Mm-hmm. So Greg Dulcich looks like the athletic tight end that Evan Ingram is, and grew in. He grew into a, a monster this past season. Evan Ingram did had an amazing year one, had a big drop off, and then came storming back once he was with the Jaguars this year. Feels like Greg Dulcich is adjacent. To him, at least like athletics wise. And he was one of the only good things cooking with Russ. He was one of the only good yeah. things cooking for a while until Jerry Judy kind of started coming in and just throwing elbows. But are you into Greg Dulcich here as a dynasty guy? Let's let's put him as a fringe top 12 dynasty guy. Are you into that? Sure. I, there's not much out there outside of the top couple for dynasty. I mean, yeah, I, I liked his usage. Um, he definitely flashed, seemed to have a good connection with Russ. Um, you know, when, um, uh, Jimmy Graham got, I was like, who's the corpse, the corpse, Jimmy Graham, uh, the when guy he who played was, basketball. I know him. Yeah. When he was with the saints with Sean Payton back in the day, um, he, had a very good career. I'm not saying that those two are the same type of tight end by any stretch of the imagination, but we have seen in Sean Payton's offenses, the tight ends get used when he has a good tight end on the roster. Uh, and coupled that with the fact that Russ seemed to get a connection with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on him. I think um, top 12 would be an easy get for him for this upcoming season. Yeah, he's like a field-stretching guy, which is nice mm-hmm. to see. He's the antithesis of Zach Ertz, who mm-hmm. we were just talking about. Is there anybody here, again, that excites you from a trade perspective, either value-wise or just like, I'm going to pay top dollar to go get him. I don't care. Uh, aside from like the obvious top guys in the draft? Because, I mean, I would I would pay for anyone in the top seven. Without question, like, I mean, it's let's talk about Brees Hall then real quick, because, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's up there, but it's another injury issue. We've talked about this in the past of trying to not overpay for guys before they're ready to come back. Mm -hmm. When they come back that first season, there is a lot of 
uh, hinkiness that happens. Like, we've seen it. J.K. Dobbins this year was a good example of that. Came back really, really, really slow. Started to come on towards the end of the season. I think people tend to buy up these running backs a little too early. But are you trading for him now? Or are you waiting and projecting for a down start to the season before you trade? Um, oh. From what I've heard, and I, I can't what say this is verified. Uh, I heard that his, his ACL injury was literally just the ACL and there wasn't any other damage to like the meniscus or other any of the other ligaments or anything. So it was a pretty clean tear uh, from what I've heard is that those are a quicker recovery or better recovery than like what Dobbins had. Um, he had some other stuff going on there, uh, which kind of delayed his healing and him getting back to full strength. Um, we saw him have to go back to have it cleaned up and have, you know, additional surgeries on it. So if that's the case and everything's trending, you know, say he comes back at the start of training camp and he's like full go, ready to go, uh, then yes, I'm in on him. As, as long as we we see that he's actually playing and practicing and, and doing what he needs to do. Because like with J.K. Dobbins, we didn't see him at all in the preseason. It was like, well, we yeah, hope he's, he's ready for pre's one. You know, that's what we kept hearing. So uh, as long as I see him this offseason in training camps that, Yes, he's practicing, he's playing, he's trending. Then, yes, I will be in on him, and I would have no issues trading for him, expecting him to play for this year. And that's a tough spot, though, because it is. if you wait until that time, a lot of the trade value is going to be gone, but you get your assurance that, all right, I'm not going to have some guy basically clogging my roster for this year, which is more important in the contender versus non-contender conversation, obviously. Mm -hmm. If you're not a contender, like just go trade for him now. Don't wait. Don't why did why haven't you already? You should have traded for him almost immediately when he got injured. But if you are a contender and wanting him for that purpose, yeah, you're just gonna have to wait and then pay up a little bit. But better than not getting him at all, I say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, wanna, wanna, yeah. I want to go back to uh tight ends for one minute here. Uh Hollywood throughout. Of course you do. Uh what about Chig? Um, mm, Chig Okonkwo. Um, yeah, he's an interesting name. Everybody's throwing out right now. Mm -hmm. uh, finished. Doesn't have a hot stat line. Tight end 31 in points per game. Uh, that's not really relevant. But what's relevant is his usage over the last few weeks. So I'm just, I can't trust a Titans tight end anymore. I can't. I can't. I won't. So I'm pretty much out. I've been burned too many times by their tight ends and their perceived usage. How about you? Yeah, I like him. Uh, with some of these other players we've been kind of talking about here, the kind of the lower end of where they were drafted. I, I, I would, I would get him and try to get him in as like a trade, uh, as I said before, as a throw-in piece um, on a trade here. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, sorry Jake hollywood is now dead to me says hollywood titan yeah i i get it i get um it. Sure, but yeah I, I would try to see if i could get him thrown in again as a trade in piece or maybe throw like a third out there see if someone would take that um because tennessee doesn't have a lot of weapons outside of i mean you have derrick henry but wheels could fall off at any time there and you had Traylon burks that started off super slow and who else do they have? Uh, they got rid of Bobby Trees. Pour one out for our one of our favorite players. 
So it's just like, what other weapons do they have on that offense right now? And I know they don't really have a quarterback right now either. So it's like, but a tight end is a quarterback's best friend, uh, getting those kind of dump off short passes. So I think he's, he's interesting and someone that I think could have some sneaky value and definitely like maybe like flex appeal, uh, bye week fill in type deal. Uh, but not, no one I'm overpaying for right now. I think the issue for me, besides just trusting a Titans tight end, which is hard to say, you really have to focus, uh, is that argument of like, you know, there's nobody on there uh, to take the ball away from him. So he's got to get the ball. Somebody's got to get the ball. It's like, isn't that kind of the Titans every year? There's one guy eating at the top of the food chain, mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch of guys just good enough to disappoint you because they get your hopes up for you. You know, going back to it was AJ Brown, and I was like, ah, Julio Jones is kind of also here. Maybe uh, he could get some of the targets, but then it's like, all right, you've got your Anthony Ferksers and your Jeff Swameses and your Nicole Pruitts's, and it's like, ah, ah, I don't want it. I don't want it. I didn't want Austin Hooper that much, even when he was there. Uh, I, I don't want Chig right now. I don't think, unless it's like you said, very, very, very low end, you know, fourth round pick kind of thing to get him. Yeah, absolutely. Because you need shots at tight ends, even if it's mm-hmm. not a great one. Yeah, and you, and you just never know who's going to pop. You know, he could be one of those guys that in a couple years just really pops and uh, becomes a very viable week in and week out tight end. So uh, at this point, I'm willing to take a shot on him. But like I said, I'm not going to overpay by any means just because he flashed a little bit either at the end of the season. You bet. Hey, he's better than Kate Otten. Can I say that? Does that get me back in Hollywood Titans good graces? If I say he is better than Kate Otten, Tampa Bay rookie, we don't need to talk about him, but it's just fun to bring up all these random tight ends, I think, from this rookie <laughs> class. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I don't know. Jake, is there anyone else you want to talk about here? I, I think it's worth revisiting um, just because it's fun is talking about uh, some of these running backs that I was so sure were going to have some relevance. And God damn it, they didn't have any sort of relevance. Isaiah Spiller. Man, I had hopes. I had dreams for you, and you didn't do anything. Zamir White got completely just trucked by Josh Jacobs in his mm-hmm. fantasy value this year. Tyrion David Price, he was a hot name, especially in best ball from San Francisco this past season because anybody can be a good running back in san francisco true uh, story well christian mccaffrey fucking shows up um <laughs> and then it's just a bunch of the you know hassan haskins i was really interested in him tyler batty i was interested in him he didn't even stick with the team that uh he got picked up by he started with the ravens didn't mm-hmm. see anything there traded to denver so just a teensy tiny bit of action there just a lot of failures here and <laughs> running back is what i'm saying and I think it's a good cautionary tale with the combine coming up, the next rookie class. There's going to be players that get hyped up and there's going to be players that are worthy of it and some that, in retrospect, never were. But we go through the cycle every time. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Dustin. Is there any yeah. any words of advice for how to avoid them? I don't think you do. And I think in this day and age, you want to take those shots on running backs. 
but also don't be afraid to cut bait from them if you see it's just not working out. Because uh, with just, you know, it's always running back by committee. It's always the next guy up. Someone gets hurt. We know running backs are historically the most replaceable position on the field. So having those guys and having a platoon of these kind of late round picks or guys that may or may not see the field, I don't think it's a bad idea. But like I said, just don't be afraid to cut bait from them if it's not working out and you just don't see anything from them. I love it. You hear that? Cut Pierre Strong from your rosters. What are you doing? Still holding on to him. <laughs> okay. I think we've covered the rookies pretty well here, Jake. Would you agree? Is there anything else you want to talk well. about? <laughs> no, not really. No. I will. Uh, Scampers in the chat, though. One last dumpster dive to snag would be Kyron Williams uh, for the Rams. Yeah, uh, Daryl Henderson. We talked mm -hmm. about uh, in a previous episode how disappointing his whole deal was. K-Makers, though. It did look legit towards the tail end, so I don't know. Hard to say, but he's an interesting backup to uh, keep on your your deep rosters. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that does it for this week, folks. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Uh, it was great to have you guys joining us and uh, being interactive with us. Uh, if you want us to call you out in the chat, come join us live when we go uh, every week here on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll interact with you. We'll answer your questions if you have any, um, all that sorts of good stuff. Uh, become friends of the show. You know, only the cool kids come to the live chat and, and join us every week here. So, uh, be one of the cool kids. Yeah. Maybe we'll give you a keychain <laughs> or something. I don't know. Probably not, but maybe no, it might don't. not be a branded keychain. I might just send you a random keychain that I happen no, to find at the dollar store or something. Right. I don't know. That's, That's a benefit. All right, that that's on Jake, um, not on me. So uh, you can I'll look leave for that. Binding. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, come catch us uh, next week, uh, folks. Same time, same place. Tuesdays, we are here. We'll never let you down. Uh, for my co-host at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter, you can find the show at Drinking Fantasy. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, FFers.